Although Dana did say if you like <laughs> if you're like a Berkowitz where you're like following a dog yelling at you, yeah. maybe you suffer burnout because you kinda have a boss. It's kinda like right. the devil's telling you to fucking keep doing this, kill, kill, kill. God, it's like, God, God damn it. it. Jesus. Could, yeah. Jesus Christ, could you just let me do it my way? I don't yeah. need your fucking rules, dog. Yeah. I will kill the way I want to kill. Can I but, get you know, one three fucking three day weekend, please? Yeah. Please? Yeah. Could yeah. I could I just have Can I get Christmas just... Day off? Are you really watching your clock? I'm taking a piss break, okay? Right, I'll yeah. kill in a minute. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. ever suffer from burnout or are you an adult human being and the secondary question is do serial killers suffer from this nonsense yeah I, when you sent me that question i felt seen you know so you, like, you ex- like so you, you experience me. burnout you, you get burnt out that i think everybody experiences burnout i think no the, i don't it feels don't to so. me like the question that you were asking came from the the uh obtuse proclamations of burnout that we see these days burnout for me uh or as i as i as i see burnout as you perceive it yes it's it's just is and i think when you get it too because i know you're like the perpetual fucking energizer bunny like you do not stop you're perpetual optimist you are you're a, a an enigma to me and i i i respect and envy you for it and admire Respect, admire, and envy you for all of that shit. Because I can't do it. I've, I'm too... It's the... In addition to the nationalism toward Israel that I was indoctrinated with as a, as a young Jewish boy, I was also indoctrinated with the weak... Uh, I need a minute. You know? Well, no, the th- See, all right. I, but here, I, but I, here's, I like here's the thing. Is it burnout right. is when you're just... When you're tired, like at the end of a day, when you're like, I'm fucking done working... I just want a cigarette and a scotch or whatever your thing is where you just want to sit back and just not do anything because you just are are done. Like you're, you're cashed. But you're just cashed out. Okay, so so you just so – that is that is not how I, inter- I am interpreting burnout. Um, so what is burnout, burnout to you? Well, burnout, at least, at least as I understand it from the reading. And what from are you reading? From the reading um, – well, it'll be one of my, one of my six things. Um, but in, in the reading – you know, burnout is like this concept of I've just given up. I, 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 I'll oh. give you an example. Okay. You know, I just like I'm just so tired of working, and I just don't want to the grind, and I can't, I can't. And, and thing about it is, yeah. and I appreciate your 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 perspective that I am a perpetual <laughs> engine. Um, but the thing about it is, I don't burn out because when I do get tired, I go, "Okay, I'm taking a nap." I'm taking a nap, right? I mean, yeah. It's, yeah right. It's, it's not like it's not like I go, "Oh my god, I, oh Dana, I'm so burnt out. I just can't do it anymore." I just go, "Oh, I'm tired. I'm gonna have a beer and some rye whiskey right. and a pipe, and I'm gonna I'm gonna crash." Yeah. Or or. I'm going to spend the day watching movies. Yeah. You know, I mean, yep. you know, that kind of thing. Yep. So the reason I don't burn out is because I don't allow myself to burn out. Well, when I need you, rest, I take rest. Yeah, you re, you recharge when you need to recharge. Yeah. 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 yeah the, 
I mean, the, the, oh my God, I can't take the grind anymore, this and that. Like, I think that yeah, in, in a fantasy sort of way, I maybe do that like, God damn, wouldn't it be great if I could just kick all this shit away, not have to go to work anymore and I could just go and sail the seas of Mexico. <laughs> It'd get boring after a while. It would get it remind- boring after? You are crazy. Oh, yeah. But yeah. But here's, if but you're no, not I don't- creating things, this thing's I know you well enough yeah, to know right. that if all you yes. did was get on a fucking boat and that's all you were doing, you'd lose your fucking mind a week in. Because if you're not creating things, if you're not... If there's not some sort of day-to-day industry, you'd lose your shit. You'd lose your mind. Yeah, I basically... You can take a week, but after a week, you're just... I mean, I can't take three days before I'm like... You're totally I'm right. Gonna, I'm climbing the fucking walls. I mean, yeah, even you're... if it's fun, it's why Dana and I... I mean, because her, she, she lives her life perpetually in a state of, I don't give a shit, you know? Just yeah. so, like, relaxed... The joke is, you know, we talked about it last week that I'm marrying a Lucille Ball. That was one of the one of the jokes I said to her the other day. Is I said, you know, she goes, "Do I cause you a lot of trouble?" I said, "Honey, if you weren't in trouble, there'd be no show." Mm-hmm. And we laughed about that because, you know, but uh, yeah. I, what, what it reminded me of is I just I just read a, uh, an interview with William Shatner, and William Shatner. I saw yeah, that and I hadn't cl- I didn't click on it. It's, but yeah. it's it's a good it's a good little interview. He's a funny he's cat. He's ninety years old. How well, he's, did yeah, he's that 90, happen? He's ninety years old. But what are the good questions that she asked? No shit. The good let me just let me pause. Let me, asked, let me step back because I just asked the dumbest question in human history. He's ninety years old. How did that happen? Well, listener, let me answer it for you. Uh, he didn't die. Time. <laughs> right. He didn't die. Yeah. Time. Okay. He didn't now die. That, now yeah. that I've now that we've covered that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I just had to stop myself because no, I. But one of the yeah. things, one of the questions she <laughs> asked him that he really liked was she asked him a lot of questions. Period. He didn't care for, it, but uh, you know. Well, he's ninety. He's old and fuck exactly. It. Yeah. He can do that. But Clouds she suck. said, "What What do you know now at ninety that you didn't know at 20? And the and I loved his answer. And I'm going to paraphrase, of course. But How the to answer, fuck? No, the answer was. That he's glad that he didn't know at 20 what he knows at 90, because what he knows at 90 is that none of this shit matters. Mm-hmm. That none of it really makes any difference. It's all going to fade and die, and, and so enjoy it while you can. He said, I'm glad I didn't know that in my 20s, because I probably wouldn't fucking done anything. Yeah. You know, and I, and I thought about that, and I thought, you know, I don't think I'm qu- quite to the point where I'm 90 in my mind, where I'm like, ah, nothing matters. I still think, but I'm definitely on that path. And if I had thought that all of the fucking you know, fire under my ass when I was in my yeah. 20s and 30s, would have, yeah. I wouldn't have accomplished anything. Uh, but then when you ask that, it's like, so what did I accomplish? Well, you know, I ran a theater for 15 years and we did some amazing shows, but they're shows that nobody fucking remembers. So who gives a fuck? Right. You know, I mean, it's like, it's yeah. so, and it's and it's not as dire. It's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, I didn't accomplish anything in the world. I'm a loser. No, it is simply the fact that I did these things. I learned from them. I have memories of them. Do they matter in the grand scheme of things? No. And that's okay. You know, I mean, there's nothing, there's fundamentally nothing wrong with that. But it, the reason I bring up the burnout thing is that I have a sneaking suspicion and this is, as much as I love the concept of data, this well, we, is not we also, we also have to answer the second part of that question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, do we're, like, do see, serial well, killers I, get... Bro- oh, I have a reason okay. for asking right. that question. Okay. But it, That's it's, an important it's, question. My sneaking suspicion is that many 
of uh, and the pandemic just exacerbated this. But there are many, and I and I actually point, and I, this is not a Gen Z, you know, Don yelling at clouds. Yeah, it's it's I I think it's Gen Z, millennial. I think there's Gen X. I think there's boomers that got to a point where they didn't want to grind, they didn't want to work, they didn't want to be successful, you know, they didn't want to put in the effort that it requires to be successful on some level. Yeah. And so they kind of went, well, fuck it. Then we're just going to say, I'm burnt out on capitalism. I'm burnt out on the grind. It's not fair. I'm not going to do... And and it's like, you know yeah. what? I, I hear you, and I understand that sort of feeling like none of it matters, but... You still got to pay your fucking bills. And if what you do is don't pay your rent, they're going to evict you after the moratoriums are over. And you don't have anybody to fucking blame but yourself. And it's like, you know, so, yeah. But in in terms of the reason I asked, do serial killers suffer from this burnout nonsense, is my suspicion. Again, not a serial killer. Don't think I ever met one. Maybe I did. Not yet, Don. I mean, yeah, it's like there's plenty of time. The day is young. Yeah, yeah, I got forty-five years or no, thirty-five years before I'm ninety. So who knows? You never know. Jesus but, Christ, that's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Um, now you enter into the little cul-de-sac that is my fucking brain. Um, but the, my thought is that serial killers love what they do. I mean, that's a mission. They're on a passion <laughs> thing. And if that, and so my question is, I don't think serial killers. <laughs> suffer from burnout because they're fucking this is their thing this is a mission from god uh. although dana did say if you're like if you're like a berkowitz where you're like following a dog yelling at you yeah maybe you suffer burnout because you kind of have a boss it's kind of like right. the devil's telling you to fucking keep doing this kill kill kills yeah, like god damn it, it. Jesus. Could, yeah. jesus christ could you just let me do it my way i don't yeah. need your fucking rules dog yeah I, i'll kill the way i want to kill can i but, get you know, one three Fucking three day weekend, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Could yeah. I? Could I just have? Can I get could prison you just, day off? Are you really watching your clock? I'm taking a piss break. Okay, right. I'll yeah. kill in a minute. Yeah, right. but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, that was that was. I thought you know that thought they, they must really love what they do because why else would you do something so bizarre and horrifying unless it was something you were really passionate about? So I'm wondering if they suffer from burnout. I, I don't know. I I, I mean. I haven't gotten deep into the minds of serial killers, and I gave up watching and listening to the the podcasts and listening to the podcasts and watching the documentaries about the serial killers because it's gross and it's like super. Uh, that's why. That's why you get to watch Prodigal Son. You got to watch Prodigal yeah, Son, I just, which I really, just... really like. It's not one of my six things, but I really, really like it because Michael Sheen, basically, I don't know if you know the conceit, it's basically this kid. Michael Sheen plays the surgeon, and he's a serial killer who killed 23 people, maybe a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, his, and, and his son, when he was a kid, turned him in. And so now he's in prison, but his son, as he was growing up, was fascinated by murder. And so he basically would come and talk to his dad. Well, now he is... He's the a son killer. of a yeah. serial killer. Well, no, he's not a serial killer. He's a he's a profiler. Oh. He's like an expert profiler, but he's got all these. He's real fucked up. It's really good. It's I mean it's you know it's sort yeah. of a crime procedural, but I like I well, like I, the I, idea. I mean I like the first four episodes or four seasons of Dexter, where like here's a serial killer who knows it's wrong, enjoys it, but enjoys it for like a myriad of reasons, right? Like he's very complicated, and there's the code, yeah, he's got a and code, there's. Yeah. And he wants to stop for uh, 
what's her name? Julie. Whatever. No. Julie ben- Benson. Julie Benson Julie is the Benson. actress. Yeah. Yeah, that's who, the actress. Weird. This is funny. We're talking about this because tonight Harry and I were playing at the park and there was a woman there who I swear to God was, uh, is it Julie Benson? I think Ju- it's Julie Benson. Yeah. Julie Bra. Bra- Julia Louis Benson. Yeah, it's Louis 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 Bar- Barton Barton yeah. Fink. Yeah, Bart yeah. Simpson. Bart Simpson is who it is. Yeah. So, but I was like, is that? It was like spitting image, and then I, like she was walking around, and she got a little bit close, and I was like, oh no, not her at all, not her at all. But like from a distance, it was weird. I was like, oh my god. Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I was I was walking Fremont Street, uh, and I, and I passed by Binion's and sitting there. Pl- Playing a fucking uh, an electronic, you know, a video blackjack machine yeah. with Shia LaBeouf. Love and that it was guy. him, and it was totally him. Love that guy. And I and I walked by. I went, Shia, you rock. And he went, Yeah. And then went right back to playing. It was that, but that was it. It was like, Yeah, that was cool. I've told you my Shia LaBeouf story, right? No. <laughs> Tell the story because you know maybe we don't have it on the podcast. Maybe it's on the podcast, but uh, this is like yeah, two thousand. 11 maybe it's a while ago he was in town shooting one of the transformers films and it was when he was still kind of like crazy dangerous guy but they were still yeah. hiring him sure and i was at for some not reason i couldn't tell you why bieber tattoos not full right. on bieber tattoos right. yeah got it um i was i was well into the bag at this point and we were at Pops for Champagne in, down, in downtown Chicago in River North. Fuck that place. That place is lame. But whatever. I was there. And fucking Shia LaBeouf is there with like these two girls. And I was like, holy shit. I was with a buddy of mine. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, I know why I was there. Because my buddy Jason Schrock was visiting. And he was staying downtown. So we were just hanging around. And I was like, I don't know. Let's go to this place. We ended up there. So Shia LaBeouf walks in. I was like... That's fucking Shia LaBeouf. Weird. Okay, cool. Huh. And he goes outside for a cigarette. And I told my buddy Jason, I said, hey, I'm going to go talk to him. I'll be right back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So I go outside and I woke up to him. I was like, uh, hey, man, uh, can I bum a square? And I'm trying to be as like, you said it exactly awkward. that I said way. Exactly yeah. that way. Yeah. And he's like, like a yeah, character man. at a super bad or something. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, yeah, man, sure. And he hands me the pack and I take the cigarette. I was like, do you got a light? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he lights my cigarette. Do you mind if I sit down? Yeah, sure, bro, sit down. So I sit down. We're just like sitting there smoking for a few minutes. And I was like, so, uh, you from around here? Oh, you jackass. Oh, no, no, I'm from, oh, cool, where are you from? Yeah, L.A. mostly. Yeah. So what are you doing in town? Oh, I'm shooting this movie thing. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Movies are cool. I like to watch movies. I'm basically like, <laughs> you're, you're kind of like, like you're, you're pretending him. to be the dumbest asshole alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. But in like the weirdest way, we ended up having kind of a normal conversation between like a really famous Hollywood actor and some fucking chub who doesn't know anything about him and just shared a cigarette and just talked about, oh, do you like Chicago? Yeah, have you eaten? Have you had any deep dish pizza? Like all the dumb, like touristy Chicago shit that I could think of to ask him about. And it, that, that was he's like yeah I was like yeah thanks for the what was like what that reminds me square, of square bro when, I, when, I, when at WBEZ I ran into Crispin Glover and he was doing an interview so he was downstairs in the lobby and I came down and went hey Crispin Glover and he goes yeah and suddenly we get into a conversation I don't even know how maybe he brought it up maybe I brought it up I can't remember but we're we get into a deep conversation about Bob Kane okay 
you the know, Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, and Batman. We and like comics, and yeah. we we sat there for probably fifteen minutes and talked about comic books. And I didn't realize he was a big comic book guy, and so we're you know we're train stories. He prefers DC over Marvel. I prefer Marvel over yeah, DC. See, Chris so Glover's a weird dude, but so yeah. we had that conversation. But it was like yeah, that was like a totally normal conversation with this like super cool weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a That's super crazy. cool weirdo. I would love to have a conversation. I love. I, I will hang out at Pops or Champagne every night if there's a even the slimmest chance that Crispin Glover might show up there. Yeah, but no, I, I don't. I don't know that that. Serial killers get burnout. They they might because it feels like work to them at some at some point, And we've talked about this before. It all feels like the work. thing you love can begin to feel like work. And Only it gets if tired. you're getting paid for it. I don't know. It's the, I chase, mean, it's the chase of money. I've never that killed makes anybody. Any lovely thing to suck the life out of it. Yeah, I've never killed anybody for for money yet. Nobody will hire me to do that. So I just. I'm just doing I mean, this shit the on spec. That's that's the joke with Dana. Dana comes up with all these fucking whack ass get rich quick schemes. Yeah. And I, and I was talking to Buzz. He's a buddy of mine now that I used to work with at the casino. And and he was like, he was like, so does she actually like follow through with these? I said no. I said sometimes she does, but ultimately I said I know how I can stymie it. I don't like to stymie anything she does, but if she's getting too far on on some whack-ass thing yeah. that I think is, like, going to go wrong. I just have to start <laughs> suggesting. I have just to get up and go, okay, I'm going to start designing you a website, and as soon as I say that, she is suddenly disinterested. Right. Because as soon as I've attached com- actual commerce and the kind of the work of mm-hmm. marketing your thing, she's done. She has yeah. no interest in that shit. So, it's, yeah, that's just, and she knows it's true. I mean, there's this burnout on capitalism that's all the rage right now. You know, I was... I was anti-capitalism, and I'm using quotes here, as a teenager. And maybe that's just like the music I listened to that helped shape it, you know. Um, Capitalism is kind of gross. It's also kind of great in a lot of ways. And I like making money. I like being able to buy shit. Um, I think it's completely uneven. I'd like to level the playing field a bit. But as far as the burnout goes, no, just take a fucking nap, take a break, get a take take a get some PTO if if your job is <coughs> killing you, and just fucking have a staycation or just you just, know go yeah, to an all inclusive for a well, weekend in Mexico exact, or Jamaica or wherever. The conversation I had at the casino once was like the guy was like, "Why do you always seem like you're in a good mood?" I said, "Well, number one, it's part of the job. I'm number sick, two, because I'm dying." No, I said, number two, I said, number two, uh, I I have to always remind myself that my day is entirely up to me. So I've chosen to come here and do this job and they're going to pay me money. But if right now, at this very moment, I just decided, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to strip naked and go run around. (laughs) I'm totally in control of that. I get to choose that. My choices are entirely my own to make. Yeah. You know, and yeah, would I get fired? Sure. But if I chose that, that's the consequence of my choice. I said, and when I remind myself that every minute that I'm spending is a choice of how I spend it, and if mm-hmm. how I'm spending it is to trade my time for some wage, rock and roll, that the consequences of that, then Dana gets to be Lucille Ball, and I get to come <laughs> home and go, Lucy, you know. I mean, that's that's just that's the that's the way it works. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting back to coming into the office. When are you going? When are you officially going back? We're into the going office? back. July 6th? July 6th. I think that's a Tuesday. 
Yeah. yeah. So why? So I, and, and I guess my question yeah. that I posed in the thing is the return to the office. Why the fuck? Oh boy. Um, I'm trying to think of a better answer other than the obvious, which is. Right. No, let me let me back up. Is is this? Why the fuck is that directed at me personally? Why do I want to go no. back to the office, or why no, it, is? Is I mean, my you know, is in, my in company? General, in, yeah, in why general, would people in, go back to the office after? Yeah, this? there's. I mean, I read. Yeah. I read. The only reason it brought it up is I read an article and it was basically like CEOs are pissed off and they want people to come back to the office, and you know, and and granted, I work for a company that is entirely remote, and one of the benefits of that entirely remote is that there is no office. They don't pay right. any there's overhead. No overhead. There's right. no overhead. You know, our CEO's office is in his house. My office is in my house. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely, and that's actually a huge. It's a savings of finance in the business. It's a savings on the planet in terms of carbon foot. I mean, there's a million reasons not to have an yeah. actual office. So, you know, and I get it if you work at Target, you got to, you know, if you're if you're a brick and mortar store, you have to have the right. store. But when it comes to like what most office work is, even corporate office work, marketing, all that kind of stuff, it's all done on the internet anyway. And well, yeah. if you look if you look at the statistics, statistics say that uh, people that work remotely are about 13% more productive than they would be if they were in the office. So True, but there also is people that work remotely have a tendency to work longer hours because they don't have the break for the commute. Well, that's a so choice. I, Again, that's it, a choice. I don't work longer hours. You yeah. do. Well, I mean, I, I know I, when you're working at home, you're working constantly. I'm very, very clear. I work eight hours, and in that eight hours, I get eight hours of work. Eh, I'm not going to lie. Well, not eight hours of work. In that eight hours, I probably get six hours of work done but i know when i worked in an office before i never got okay, six like hours of three actual work billable done. hours yeah you know? well yeah i I, th- I think that um i i'm curious to see when i do go back how my productivity per billable hour changes yeah um yeah because I'm if, interested. I, if i know that i've got like all right man you've got from let's just call it nine to five i've got those eight hours to get the work done uh, versus the, well, I don't have a commute, so I can start at 7, and then I can kind of dick around for a bit and read the news a little bit slower and take a, a longer walk with Molly. Like, everything just kind of slows down because I'm never... I don't have to leave at some point to go get yeah. Harry to pick him up from school. Exactly. There's but, something really lovely about it, and I actually think you're more productive when you have that... You know, I know, I know for me, I'm way more productive for... Uh, the company I'm working for right now than I would be if we were in, a, in a, an office, mainly yes. because, you know, I'll get up and, and what it is, is I've got, I know what I, I know what my projects are. I've got like, here are the six things that I need to get done. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of what you do is, get, is heads down stuff. Like it's heads yeah. down, bang this well, shit out. That's what yes. most office work is, is heads down stuff. Not, not in my case. Uh, on, on the days and it, you know, it's, it's, I've always felt this way, even even before, like back in the early, in two thousand three, when I was a marketing director of a radio station, I told you know the people that I had working under me when I was twenty four, I had people that were answering to me for fuck's sake, working for a top forty radio market, rank yeah. number three in the Jesus, wow, um, 
by the way, buy my book about... Okay. Uh, but I was like, I don't care when you get your work done or how you get it done or where you get, get it done. done from. Just get yeah. it done. Be yeah. available when you need to be. I'm yeah. not going to bug you at six in the morning unless there's like something that requires six in the morning business. My CEO wants me to be on Slack 24 hours a day. And nah, when I'm not, he knows He knows that if I've turned my active button off, yeah. it won't matter what the fuck's going on. I'm not picking up. I'm sorry. I'm off the clock. You don't get yeah. that time. You know? and, I do and, this, and I do the same thing. Yeah. I do the same thing with, with my Slack. and But there will be days... Um, when I, I I'll need to be heads down when I'm in the office, and I will probably choose to work from home because I know I can okay. I can just shut it down, boom. Yeah, leave me alone. And it's so no heads and I will block off my calendar so nobody can schedule more shit. You know, more meetings, yeah. anything. No, I'm working today. But the the in the office thing, the benefit is there's a lot of quick conversations that need to happen uh, in the office. Just like, swing by the desk and say, hey. Uh, Thoughts on this really quickly, blah, 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 and you bang this thing out versus like scheduling the Zoom meeting and doing this thing and pick up the it's It's a whole lot quicker to, it, to, to just walk up to, the, to them at their desk. There's and just, but the human connection, that's the big thing. That's the big thing for me. Would you, let me ask you this though. We're doing this podcast now via FaceTime and, you know, remotely with each other for. Yeah. Two years and change. Two years. Two years and change, yeah. Would you rather do it this way or would you rather be in person? I will say that in terms of just sort of like general fun, in person is always better because it's more fun. I will say that in terms of being more productive, the remote is more productive. You think this is more productive? I know it is. Remember, I'm the one that edits this shit. When Uh. you and I sat in a room and we would come to my apartment and we would drink and we would sit on the couch and we would talk, we'd have four fucking hours of goddamn copy that I, or audio that I would have to sift through to find. Okay, here's a podcast. When we're doing it remotely, you've got a schedule, I've got a schedule, you've got a kid, you know, it's all, you know, and it's like, all right, we we just keep ourselves a little bit more on task because of the screen. Do I miss hanging out with you? Yeah, but in terms of making a podcast, I think this is a far more efficient, um, and if you listen, and I know you don't, I don't think you listen to our podcast now, but if you were to go back and listen to some of the podcasts when we were doing it in my living room, the ones we do now are much tighter and better. They're just better. They're more interesting. They're, it's not so much because this is always going to be a, a, the Apecast is always going to be two dudes just talking about shit. It's that's it's all, Don and Dave hanging out. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, um, yeah. But because of rarely talking of, about literary things. Very rarely talking about literary. <laughs> Once in a while, we get into the you know. There's a but every now and then. It was, have you read a book? Yeah, yeah I what's a book? one? It's on my what? nightstand. Right. <laughs> but if you go back and listen to the earlier ones, it was it was way more bro-like where it was like, hey, we're just sitting in the room drinking, cracking yeah. each other up. And sure. this is, a, it, I mean, it's just more efficient. And I will say, which I think is funny, it's true. Um, like you talk about how like you want to have those moments where you just say, hey, I'm just coming over to your cubicle. You can do that with Slack. 
I, I mean that that happens. I hate fucking typing. I hate. I get no, no, tired. No. I get. You bur- can phone Don, call. I'm burned out Dude, on typing. You can do a phone call on Slack. I do Slack that with my phone copy. calls suck. I, no, they don't. I do that with my this thing. I do that with my uh, if I've got something to say that's real quick and I don't want to type, I just do a Slack phone call. One of my copywriters picks up. It's just like a Zoom call. I can see him if I want to. If not, yeah. we just have a placeholder, uh, you know, initial. But it's yeah. like, hey, Pete, here's the thing. I just noticed this. Check this out. This is what I want you to think about. We good? Yeah, great. All right, talk to you later. Click. That's just like walking over to the cubicle, with the exception that I don't have to actually see him or then have to make small talk. There's no small talk, so it, it's way more efficient. Or and I'm finding... He can see that phone call coming in on Slack and be like, I don't fucking want this right now. And Slack, you're like, hey, I'm really, I'm in the middle of something. I'll call you later. And bl- Which versus is fine. when you walk up to the desk, be like, you're trapped, motherfucker. I got well, see, you now. And so, and, and, and see, that's what I would say is the reason I like remote work is because I am not in favor of the boss having complete access over the workers. Okay, and so there's, there's, I think, the issue. I like the fact that the workers, it, like if I'm yeah. going for Pete as an example and I need to talk to Pete and Pete's too busy doing something, then I do a Slack phone call and he, yeah. did, you know, it, it doesn't pick up and I can type him something and then, you know. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it just, it. I think it gives workers more autonomy and you know how I feel about autonomy. I, I think I that's yep. I think that's important. I think and that's I'm with you 100 percent on that. Yeah. So yes. that yeah. So that's why I yeah. really. And again, I don't think it is for everyone. But I also don't well, think that that every boss. I don't think CEOs should be saying everybody's going to come back to the office because I think there's some a people lot are actually of, more efficient in their jobs, not being yeah. in the office, being able to work. Especially thinking about here's an example I'm going to give you that I was I was reading about. Mothers, either single mothers or stay-at-home mothers, are like, you know, if they have the access to be able to work a full job at home while they're watching their kid, they're going to get plenty done. They're going to get paid. They don't have to pay for child care. Holy shit, that is a boon. And so we need. I I really think we gotta we we gotta normalize this whole remote thing and, and make sure it sticks around because if there's anything that's huge is I, I go it's, it's parents with a kid being able to work remotely means you don't have to pay for a babysitter or a nanny or an au pair or whatever the fuck you call where it where did you hear or read that parents with kids working from home makes things easier for them well i don't know okay i don't think it i i don't know if it makes it easier for them but i know it makes it financially less a burden because they don't have to spend money on a third party to watch their kids while the parents are going to work. I don't know if it makes it easier, but yeah. it certainly makes it financially less of a financial burden. Yeah. There's a... That, yeah. N- no. <laughs> just, I mean, there's so much to pick apart and so many things wrong with everything you just said. And you're not wrong because you're like not informed. You're just... you're. So disconnected from the possibilities well, of I'm, that world. The thing about it is I don't have a kid okay. that I'm trying yeah. to train to be a fucking autonomous human being instead of saying, you're a fucking child, shut the fuck up, get in your closet. That's well, you know, It would be very easy for me. It's that, yeah. not easy for the weak-ass husband and father you are because you want to raise your child of reason and stuff. I want, I'm the great Santini, motherfucker. Give me a basketball on a forehead. Let's go. 
So I think the difference in our approach to going back to work is, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of CEOs want they want <laughs> they want the old ways because you know, there there is this this thing in the United States right now, and maybe it's in other countries, but I think specifically or, or mostly gratuitously in the United States of things need to be the way they were tradition and I don't like change. So we want everyone to come back to work because we can keep our thumb on them. We can watch. That's exactly why, you know, your boss, that's exactly why people hang on, hang on. Your, your boss wanted to like, what what was that fucking app that like goes in your computer and like tracks your screen time or whatever the fuck that is. Oh, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. All that bullshit. And I just said, no, 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 no. Like that is not okay. Well, he, my company though, our CEO, our, our, our CEO is remote. She's in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. My boss, my direct report, he's in New York. So yeah. I, my my company has a culture of, dude, do your shit where, when, how doesn't matter. Which here's I an office. Is, I think which most is great. Work should be and if you exactly want to come, like in, that. yeah, and that's how they we're doing. It. If you exactly want to, like if you want to work from the office five days a week, you can. If you want to work three days a week, that's cool too. If you don't want to come into the office, that's fine. It like. Whatever works, because we have proven that you don't have to be in the office to get this shit done. Yeah. But I, I, I want, I personally, and I want different. to have. If I want, like I it, want the commute. Yeah, I want the ability to be like, hey, coworker, I'm. Oh, the I'm, commute. I'm burned out on this project for right now. You want the commute? Is that what I want? You said? I want yes for the break, the break of the day. I like the idea of um, getting up and like having to be at the train or in my car at this time that I can listen to my podcast or the music or read the news in that time. I like the break. I do that anyway. I know I do it now, but I feel like at home, I, I, I stretch it out too long. It blends a bit. I just, I need a little bit more structure or I want a little bit more structure. See, that thing is that structure. And you, and so you're relying on that outward, that external thing. I to get, create it, the structure it changes my sense. pace. It's, it's, just, it's a change structure. of pace for me. Yeah. Yeah. I try to create my structure and I'm actually, it's one of the things I wondered when I went to fully remote, if, if, if I was going to be any good at it or if I was going to suck and it was going to be a, a grind, yeah. whatever. I'm actually really good at creating weird little i mean i've got my rituals because i'm an old man and we have rituals and so i i I mean i get up at right now it's like i get up at six i make my coffee i sit down i read the new york times i go through my apple news i'm drinking coffee i go smoke a pipe i take a shit because that's how it's going to work around that time i've got a a a regular standing marketing meeting that we do at seven o'clock in the morning it usually lasts about 30 minutes you know, and then and then at seven thirty, I can choose, and it just depends on how I'm feeling. But if it's like, all right, if I've got a lot of stuff I need to get done now, yeah, then I will sit down and I will just work, just in my you know underwear and you know, my shirt and shorts, and I'll work for a while before I take a shower. If I'm not, if the work is like, okay, I've got a little bit of time before I really have to get busy, then I'll throw on my shorts and my tennis shoes and I'll run to the gym and I'll work out. And then I'll come back, take a shower, and then I'll get away. But, you know, but it, it, I thought you were cut every day. I thought though. you were up at 5 at the gym, 5.30. See, I tried that. That was the thing. Is the 7 o'clock stand-up, that kind that of caused a problem up, for me. Like, yeah. So if I want to actually have a... Because what I don't like when I work out, what I really don't like is like, oh, I got to the gym and I only have... 45 right. minutes before I got to get the fuck back. 
Yeah. I don't want to do that. So I tried yeah. the getting up at four o'clock in the morning and going to the gym. Yeah. And I was like, nah, fuck you. I'm not getting up at four o'clock morning. I'm not that insane. Um, getting up at five o'clock in the morning doesn't give me enough time to go to the gym without feeling that pressure of like, oh, I gotta mm-hmm. get done. So I don't like that. So get up at six, gives me some wake okay. up time. Yeah. And then and then and that one of the things I've discovered, and it's one of the things that, you know, with my schedule is if I feel like working out in the morning, then I can work out in the morning. If mm-hmm. I feel like going and working out in the afternoon, well, I can do that too. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and I'm, and I'm either way, as long as I get the workout in, I feel like I, I you know, I got it done. And that's good. Yeah. It's, and I, and I used to have, cause you know, I used to work, I, I used to be yeah. freelance and I, I would have clients where I had office hours, or I would go with meetings, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But I'd mostly worked from like the home office was the main office. And I did have, that routine, but everything changes when you've got a kid. Yeah, when you get a kid in there. Yeah, because that's, I, I, here, that's like fair. I'm, I'm working, and if 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 Katie goes and does and picks him up from school, and she brings him home at five thirty, it, even if I keep my door closed, even if she's like, "Daddy's got to work for a little bit longer," I have to like set this thing like I need to work until like six. Because, well, that's why you need a lock on your fucking door. Well, but there's also like I need to, I need to also be a dad, you know. So at some point, I have to stop. Well, but, but, but that's Harry coming home and like the no, but yes, but the noise and his energy, like it, it just it bleeds through. It just changes everything. So what headphones are for it, noise cancellation. Uh, still, yes, I know, dude. I've done. I've got noise canceling headphones and I put earplugs in. So I've I've and there's music playing, ambient noise. The whole, I've done it all. I've got noise machines. Yeah, well, you do have. Yeah, you do have a but little it, monster it on your changes, hands. So I got you. It changes everything. So. With the, the, it's the cadence of going to work and coming home from work. And I think and I hope that when we go back to the office, um, you know, coming home at six, doing the dad thing, doing the husband thing for a minute, it'll, it'll just change the pace of things so I can sit down at nine o'clock and maybe bang out a literate ape article. For fucking once. See, right? I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is you're because that was never been my experience. Is that because there is something very definitive about going to the office in the morning, working your five, ten, whatever, whatever, how many yeah. hours, eight hours, yeah. getting back on the commute, hopping on the train, coming home, you're fucking done. You are done for the day. And there's something very definitive about that being done. That when you're working remotely, you can say, you know, like like today. Today, you know, it's like I'm working, I'm working, I'm getting shit done. I took a break. I went and I worked out. I came home. Um, I felt like, all right, I'm, my brain's not working the way I want it to. So I watched an episode of FBI Most Wanted, you know, Weird. and then, yeah, you know, it's just a show I've been watching because I kind of like the actors. And it's like, oh, all right, this is fun. And it's really meaningless. Yeah. I mean, it's just a crime procedural. So it's kind of fun. Dude, so, I was watching a Disney Plus yeah, it's Dick Wolf. Uh, a- it's, Avengers Assemble cartoon to kill yeah, my it's brain. Dick, it's, like, yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. It's Dick Wolf. It's not like <laughs> yeah. it's heavy lifting mentally. Right. So it's like, if I'm, if, you know, it's like, I'm just going to kind of zone out and watch this shit. And then I took a 20 minute nap and I got back up and I was like, all right, I'm fresh. Yeah. And I ended up spending another two hours really getting some, cranking some stuff out. And then I went, okay. At like six o'clock, I went, I'm fucking done. I am well, done for the day, and yes. I'm stopping, and I'm going to have a beer, and I'm going to have some rye, and then yeah. in an hour, I'm going to talk to David, and that's what we're going to do. And then after we talk, I talk to you, I'm going to watch uh, Army of the Dead. Well, there is 
a long time before I had Katie, before I was married, before there was a kid, before all of it, I, I had a full-time gig in Aurora and I would yeah. take, I would either no, I drive that. or I would take the train and that's a, that's a commute and I would work mm-hmm. all day. I'd put those eight, nine hours in, come home and sometimes I, you know, I would have dinner and then a scotch and a pipe or whatever um, and then I would go into my office that I had in my, I had two, a two bedroom apartment. So it was my yeah. bedroom and then the office. And then I would work on other stuff and I would, I would write books and I would write shit. And I think that it was, and I, I hope, and we'll see what happens, but I hope that when I go back to the office here in July, that when I come back home, I'll do the dad thing, do the husband thing. And then I can go back to my office, my home office, which is a different, yeah. it's a different, it's a different feel. It's a different tempo. Yeah, you it's said. Just, well, the thing is, you said this. You said this. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. But basically, how it's interesting that you've been doing the freelance thing for a long time in your life. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just starting. I'm really kind of embracing this kind of thing. And what I love, I'm telling you, I love it, is that like again today, I'm working. I'm working on a fucking. I'm working on a fucking white paper, which you've written white papers. Mm. They're fucking dry. They're supposed to be dry. They're not supposed to be a narrative. They are, Ugh. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking research paper, right? Yeah. So I'm working on this about intent data, which is not that interesting, and but at a certain point, I kind of hit a point where I was like, all right, my brain can't take any more of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I'm still in a work mode, so I cracked open the Casino at the End of the World book, and I, I cranked out three thousand, almost thirty five hundred words. Damn, nice. You like, like in a half hour. Yeah. God, and they went, okay, good. now I can go back to the white paper. And it yep. was like, all right, so I'm getting my book written while I'm, you know, and it's like, that's, uh, there's something lovely about that. I, I think that's yes. cool. Yes. And I, and I've, I've done a lot of that too. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I'm excited to see people again. Like we're meant to have, uh, this week on Friday, we're meant to have a, our creative team is going for a happy hour together. Mm. There's. I think five new people I haven't met in person in the last, like, I just, I miss that, the camaraderie that comes with just being in person. Well, all I'm going to, all I'm going to caution you, um, is, uh, cause that's a- one of the things AIDS? that I have thought about. AIDS? Yeah. Cause HIV is a yeah. thing. Uh, the band played on, uh, no, is, <laughs> Jesus. is, no, what I was going to say is. <laughs> We are in an age right now. We're in a time place where the workplace is the boat, like the college. It is rife with a lot of people looking to gotcha, you know. So you got to be real careful about what you say, how you joke. You can't oh. tell sex. You know what I mean? You, you got to be careful. Oh, don't and you think that I haven't? And, like, and the thing is, I have I, this image of yeah. David going to the company happy hour, having one scotch too many. And then getting fired because yeah. he got me too'd because he not meaning to be yeah. a drunken bore and 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 making some comment about the you know, the tit freckles on one of his coworkers. But right. yeah, you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> you go, oh look at those freckles on your tits. Ha ha ha. They look like the Aurora Borealis or whatever. And Go, you're fired. What the you're, fuck? I don't know what the. You're drunk. You don't make sense. Sure. You're drunk. You don't make sense. <laughs> no, don't think that I have not talked myself through the. Okay. 
Because um, it's going to be a fucking workplace David, of feral be, cats. You, you need to reassociate yourself to so, to society. As soon as these like, now doughy like men, I, these doughy white men that have been sitting in their homes in pandemic working from <laughs> home, as soon as they get thrown into the workplace where there are actually women that aren't their wives... This is not going to go well for a while. We're going to no, have a period of firings. Like it's like feral cats oh, being let loose among my. This is not, not going to go. Not well, even man. the doughy white men. It's the white men like me who have like we've started working out a little bit, you know. Oh. And really, <laughs> so like our testosterone has picked up just a smidge. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, my testosterone is still pretty shit because I'll be forty-two. But you know. It's enough. Yeah, but don't think. By that the I way, I will point we out. We just talked about this. Talked myself through make, this. Yeah. It's going to make you laugh. I, I will say, I, I had this, I, I was reading about this, and, and I read something on Twitter, it made me laugh. And then I realized, oh, they might be describing, because I know that as you grow older, you lose testosterone. Yeah. And so far, I can't say I've like experienced any of the like testosterone-deprived deprived symptoms that they talk about, except for the fact that <laughs> even when I'm watching <laughs> FBI Most Wanted... I find myself bawling at the sweet things. It's like if there's a sweet mother, like mother daughter moment, or a sweet father son moment, and I just I'll be I'm watching this meaningless TV, and all of a sudden it's like this really moving moment, and I'm just going huh, huh, cry, cry. I'm like, is that a testosterone thing that I'm just weeping openly? What the I don't fuck? know. I got hit with a weeping, weeping openly with a fucking. Rice Krispie Treats commercial. Right? Jesus Christ, I what's having, going on? I was having lunch with Katie today. We ordered tacos I, through Grubhub, and we're sitting there, we, like, we turn up, we're just like, let's just sit and watch TV and, like, just eat lunch together yeah. at the family room table, you know, the, the coffee table. And one of the commercials was this stupid Rice Krispie Treats commercial. Big sister's playing with little sister, and the mom writes to know, like, you're a great big sister. It just and waterworks. I kind of, I nearly broke and katie looks what at me the she's hell like is happening she goes were you crying at that commercial I goes like oh no i just i put too much hot salsa on the tacos all right simeon cohort here's don and david with the six things you should do for the week my first thing my theme is gene smart oh god i love gene smart and yes yeah. i already know where you're going i already know when you're going love you Keep so my, now I have not watched my, this first thing. Uh, it's been a busy work week, but I am going to. Uh, so it is a watch on uh, on HBO Max. Hacks. I have watched all four episodes released. It is so fucking worth it. It's amazing, she's right? Phenomenal. Well, the thing is, she's the phenomenal. whole thing is great. But, and, right? and the woman that plays sort of like the 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 millennial, her writer. You know, yeah. Well, I've yeah I've heard some bitching about. Oh, she's so boring and so stereotypical. She's exactly like most... I don't think she's millennial. I think she's Gen Z. Just narcissistic and whiny and shitty. And I, But Gene Smart is the reason to watch it. It is excellent. It's so much fun. I love Hacks. Well, and that, it's great. that character is written for comedic purposes. So yeah. it's, it's a heightened version of the truth. So, hey, Twitter, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but All it's right. it's 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 one of the things. It's an yeah, actual movie. It's it's a show about comedy that's actually funny. Yeah, and that doesn't happen very often. You know, what, yeah. you mean Billy Crystal's Mister Saturday, Mister Saturday Night wasn't hilarious? 
No, it wasn't. And Punchline was sad. So was that, uh, was that the Tom Cruise or the Tom that Cruise? was the Tom Cruise and the, the, Sally Tom Field, Cruise. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks and Sally Field and John Tom Cruise, Goodman. Sally Field, yeah, sure, yeah, no, and and, and, not and Sally Ruth Field. Gator and Ruth Gator Binsburg, yeah, yeah, she was in that too. Oh, Sally Struthers, it was Tom it's Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Sally Struthers, and John Tom Ford, Sally Struthers. Tom, <laughs> my and first John thing, Booth. <laughs> my first thing is a read. Um, it is in the New Yorker, um, and it is called Burnout, Modern Affliction, or Human Condition. And that's why I was so fascinated, because it is actually yeah. a really good... What I really liked about this article, and I highly recommend it, is that not only does it talk about the concept of burnout, but it actually go back through the history. One of my favorite things is, was Moses in the Bible suffering from burnout when he said this? It's like, I love shit like that. That was funny. <laughs> Just, like I said, it's just a well-written article. It's a lot of fun. Um, it Here's traces... a, wait, wait. Did, did this? Did the story actually like legitimately pose that question? Yeah. Well, uh, no, hold on. I, I just I thought it's like in the first fucking paragraph. I think. Does the writer of the New Yorker not know that none of hold that's on. true? <laughs> hold on. I just I got It's just it's one of the funniest. Things. I read it and I went. Okay. It says. It says. Uh, Burnout is increasingly serious and of widespread concern. Insists that he found it in the Old Testament. Moses was burned out in Numbers eleven fourteen when he complained to God, "I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me." Which does sound like burnout. That sounds like a millennial, except instead of like saving the Jews, it's just like working at Starbucks. It is too heavy for me. (laughs) So wait, Moses' job was to save the Jews. Does that make Joe Biden the modern Moses? Next does. thing, my <laughs> next on my list of things to do, it's another watch. All right, Gene Smart is the theme, so watch Mayor of Easttown on HBO. Okay, Max. She's, and, and that's one I've got on my list. I have not watched any yeah. of that. It, is it good? I haven't either. I haven't. I have heard it yet. This is also the on my list. Is, I've I'm heard it's do this. very yeah. good. Um, I've heard it's very good, and I guess they just uh, aired the the finale, and that it was yeah. very satisfying. I want to see it just because I fucking love. Uh, what's her name? Kate Winslet. Star. Kate Winslet. I yeah. love her. Kate Witherspoon. Yeah, I love her. She's grand. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, and and so, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know, uh, yes. Um, Reese, Reese, Reese Winslet. Reese, yeah, Winslet. Reese Winslet. I think yeah. she's great. Yeah. But I want to see that. I want to see that. So, yeah. All right. There you go. Mayor of Winningham. What's it? Mayor of what? Mayor of Winningham? Mayor. Mayor of Witherspoon? Mayor. Mayor. Mayor of Easttown. Okay, gotcha. My <laughs> second thing is <laughs> another read. Um, it is in uh, in the what, hold on. It is in the uh, the Times, just the Times, the Sunday Times, um, and it is inside the mind of a serial killer. A former Broadmoor psychiatrist reveals all. And when I read that, I was like, "Oh, how good can this be? This is a a really good article." about this woman's encounters with uh, serial killers. And apparently she uh, worked with a number of them over her career. And so she's got some really interesting insights. And they're not the same. What I, I guess the thing I liked about this article is they're not the same insights that you get from all the fucking documentaries mm-hmm. and, and, and television shows and that kind of stuff. It's actually 
It's very interesting, and I really liked it. And that's, I okay. guess that's kind of what prompted my Do They Get Burnout? Because she really yeah. talks about sort of like, not just like, oh, they're the pathology behind them, but like, okay, what are they like as people? This is, it's like I said, it's a really good article. So yeah. that's nice. my recommendation. Okay. My third thing this week is a listen. Go to, it's a NPR show, Fresh Air. Uh, Gene Smart episode nice. from May 12th. Uh, it's it's really fun because Jean Smart's amazing, and yeah, she really is you know, quite they good. talk about they talk about her career in designing women and her two Emmys that she won for her guest starring roles in Frasier, um, as well as um, Hacks and Mayor of Easttown. Um, but, but one thing we forget is that Jean Smart was also the mom in Garden State. Yep. Which, like, I always forget that, but then I remember, like, oh, my God, she's so fucking amazing in, like, that tiny little bit part. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what really makes this this particular episode great is not just because it's Gene Smart, which is on theme for me to, th- this week, but Gene lost her husband. Her husband died in March from oh, a heart attack. Oh, I did not know that. I did not yeah, know Yeah, he had that. some heart problems. And Terry Gross brings it up, and it's like this... It's like half the show of talking about the sudden loss of her husband, of, of Jean Smart's husband. It's and like her Joan, it's like her Joan Didion moment. And yeah, and it's it's really, I mean, granted, I was listening to it while I was, I was running, like I was on my fourth mile running. And you started weeping in the middle of it. And I started of it, yeah. weeping, and I'm like, I need a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> I'm burning out. But it's just, but it is like, it's just this really cool, cool way of like looking at, at this actor who's you know, at her most raw and she's being so honest. And Terry Gross is of course amazing at She's a great interviewer, yeah. You know, a... But yeah, it's just like it, it just it struck me as like a, a really cool moment in fresh air that and there's so many great moments. I don't yeah. it was I, give it a right. listen. But whatever. It's on theme enough. All Shut right. up, David. My 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 <laughs> third thing is and it took me a while because uh the only way to watch it for a while was uh you had to pay twenty dollars to fucking watch it because there were no theaters to show it. Only fans? Yeah, and, and no, not only fans. Uh and then uh when Dana and I went to Pennsylvania, we were flying back and it was a long fucking flight. I mean it was we we did a we flew coming home, we flew from uh, Pittsburgh to Atlanta had a three hour layover, layover and then a three and a half hour flight mm-hmm. from Atlanta to Vegas. And during that three and a half hour, I had my iPad. You know, I made sure I downloaded some movies to watch and, you know, just watch the movies on that. Well, Dana yeah. didn't have that and didn't want to share, you know, the, the headphones. So she watched a movie I had not seen yet Promising Young Woman. Mm. So, and she was so, and it, it takes something for Dana to see a, a first run movie and go, this was fucking great. Yeah. She liked it so much. She said, you really have to watch it. I did. It's fucking great. This is the thing that makes me mad. Is it? It, it is. F- have you seen it? Yeah. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it yeah, was. I, me I too- loved it. I, I think it it's great. the Me Too version of Taxi Driver. I think it's fucking and, and, yeah, okay. and I was consistently surprised by things and I don't want to give anything away. I actually wow. don't want to spoil it because it's so good. But there are moments like when she's kind of uh, having the romantic comedy with Ryan and then she's out and she blows him off for a movie and then he sees her outside the bar. I literally was like, oh my cringe, oh my God. There are so many moments in that movie where I did not see it coming. I think Carrie Mulligan was 
fucking great. I mean, yeah. like, start to finish, that is that is a career-making uh, role. She's great. I think everybody in that movie is great. I just loved it. I loved it. So... I highly, highly recommend I, Promising Young Woman. I just can't. Yes. I would. I, want, I almost want to watch it again. I liked it so much. Did I, I don't? I but not, I, have I not recommended that in the show? I feel like I must have. Maybe, maybe you did. Maybe but I, I did. Not I don't seen know. it. I, well, the thing about it is, it was sort of like, ah, uh, is it another going to be another? Is it? I'll be honest with you. Is it going to be another Elizabeth Banks Charlie's Angels where yeah. all the guys are bad? No, this is a true satire where oh, I forgot everyone, about that thing. yeah, yeah, where every men and women are fucking equally bad, are equally yeah. at, you know, it's really, including the protagonist, who I love the fact that everybody keeps calling her crazy, and she goes, I don't think I am, which means you're probably crazy. Because if you just genuinely just dismiss, I don't think I'm crazy, you're probably crazy. If you go, well, maybe I'm crazy, you're probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It I really loved it. So I, I, that's all I can say is I'm, I'm actually writing it. I really I'm writing it and I like to watch because I thought it was fucking, okay. I thought it was spectacular. And I and everything to the framing, the directing is really nice. There's there's certain the moments where The directing was frame, really good. She yeah. frames things in a really nice way. The cinematography was really wonderful. Yeah. Laverne Cox is really charming and lovely. Laverne Cox serves is a really great. nice yeah. purpose. You know, all the, all the, I just really liked it. It bothered so. me that Laverne Cox still, that, that character was still written a little bit as the, the sassy. Yeah, well, uh, she played, she played, the, you know, she played friend, the, she know, played the black, uh, not best friend, but she played the black. Yeah, it was a little friend, bit. But, but yeah, the, I'll have to watch it again because remember, because I, I, I did like it. I really did like it. Well, you and know, you know what I loved about great. Laverne Cox, and this is one of the things that you don't see, and I, and I want to see this happen more often, because um, Laverne Cox is transgender. But at no point in this film is she yeah. referred to in any other way than she and her, and that's it. And there's no commentary about it. There's no, no it's dude, not like, hey, look at this transgender hire we put. None of that. It's just, no. she's just a character. Just and a I person. went, okay, we are moving in a direction where, you know, uh, that, is, cinema, that is that, quality that, representation. Yeah, that that's the way realistic. you're supposed to represent. It's yeah. actors are actors. You don't have to, yeah. you know, just because you're transgender doesn't mean you have to be you presented have to play as it, transgender. Right. Yeah, and and she just and maybe she was playing transgender. It didn't matter right. because it was not essential to the storyline one way or another. She just was this character who was her boss at the coffee shop, who was funny and and mm -hmm. and just it, it, it like so much fun. It was like Taxi Driver mixed with a rom com. Yeah, that's a really I great way to it. put it. It's, it's like the Me Too's moment or, or taxi driver yeah. moment yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm going to write I'm gonna write a, I like to watch about this because yeah. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. So Now, I've, I've got a bonus. You've got a bonus. Sixth thing this week, or so my fourth thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a read. And just with the state of things happening, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, I guess because I was raised a Jew. What's the deal with Palestine and Israel? So I'm glad and, that I haven't asked you that question. And it's it's, it's because I a, don't see you just like, hey, you're the expert on Jewish things because you're I'm Jewish. I'm not, but it's it's a very simple answer, Judaism. but it's a very complicated question. Well, I wrote a piece about how complicated it was. The BBC came out with a a piece uh, earlier last week. 
uh, Israel-Gaza violence, the conflict explained. And it's just like a, like a, a uh, Cliff's Notes, beat by beat of what's happened. Yeah. Start there. Um, I read it and I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know about that because I know yeah. enough some, about it. Well, this is, this is what I said, and I agree with you. And yeah. I think that's a great starting point because I've watched that. Because I don't really know enough to say I have an opinion, which is a revelation in 2021 to say I don't know enough about it to actually have an opinion. You're in the minority know, there. Yeah. Well, I know, and but but I do know. It's like there are certain things that I, I can go and look up the history. I got, I got into a back and forth the other day. It was like, oh... You know, Britain colonized Palestine, and no, no. Actually, if you want to look at the history, what they did was in World War One, they were granted the the land from the Ottoman Turks, who'd ruled that land well, they, for centuries. They beat the Ottoman Turks, and they took yeah. it. And like so they Britain took it does. because yeah. that's well, no, it's not like that's Britain a, does. That's that's what world. That's, well, that's what, what war we do does. in World yeah. War. That's what war but, is. But you know? Britain won wars and took yeah. a lot of land. That's why Britain so they was took. A, so they yeah. took that. Well, the Palestine <laughs> Palestinians never had a sovereign state ever. No. And so to say that, that it was colonized and taken away from them, no, it really wasn't. But that doesn't mean that Israel's right or, you know, and that, that well, was my Well, because the minority, the minority in the land at the time mm-hmm. was the Jewish people. It was majority Palestinian. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and, I, and mean, then I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah. the whole two state, the whole two state thing had been suggested since 1947. Yeah. And that every single time the two state thing had been suggested that the, the Jews said, yeah, we'll go for it. And the Palestinians said, fuck you. I, you know, I mean, you know, I didn't know that. So it's right. like, yeah, there's a lot of information that I don't think people are taking into consideration. And I also find it very interesting that I read, and this isn't statistically supported but i thought it was kind of a funny comment that it's amazing how many white liberals um had to change their twitter background from black lives matter to free palestine yeah black lives matter is no longer cool because we've got the palestinians to, well, we just, to take it's that a, place it's the same book it's just a different chapter different you know mm-hmm. it's they've got, there's a new album out gotta listen to the new record yeah i yeah, mean look yeah the the indigenous Americans, the the Native Americans, the Indians, whatever the fuck we're calling them now, with all due respect, I said that, sorry. Uh, you know, they Data didn't gives have... gives a disclaimer that we're going to be politically incorrect at the beginning of the I podcast. Know. You don't have to apologize. But, you know, the Native Americans didn't have a sovereign state either. And Europeans and, and, came over... And, and let's and they be honest... took this shit. And, and let's be honest... The Native Americans didn't just go, oh, kill us. They fought back. Right. And, 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 and quite frankly, it was, it was one of the, somebody, actually, I didn't think of this. Somebody posed it to me because I was, I was making the case. Uh, at the time, I was making the case like, well, consider what it's like to be Palestinian and consider their, their cause. And, you know, because he was so stridently pro-Israel. Yeah. And I said, and he said, how would you feel if, you know, Native Americans in Michigan, you know, instead of just protesting the pipeline, decided to launch a thousand missiles at New York. Mm-hmm. Would you be yeah. okay with the, the American government saying, fuck you, I'm going to bomb your ass to the fucking Stone Age? And I said, I don't know if I would be in favor of them bombing anybody to the Stone Age, but I, I, would, I, would, I would see that that was a justified response. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's yeah. an interesting... You know, there's a lot of gray in this, and uh, I think you're right. I think people, if they want to have an opinion about it, should actually educate themselves about it. I really do. It's because it's very similar. Like, the, it was not a sovereign state. 
But other people came in and they took shit away from them and they claimed it as their own and they have a right to be pissed and they have a right to defend their land just as, you know, but politically and globally, they accepted Israel as a state. Israel has a right to defend itself against rocket attacks. The Palestinian settlements have a right to defend themselves against Israel's massive fucking jerk off bombardment. So yes, yeah, right, almost, yeah. almost genocide. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, it, so, well, it's 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 the the piece that I wrote was about uh, you know, and that was what I thought was interesting. Is like there's uh, there was a study done in the forties where people would be presented with a series of pictures, and it started off as a cat, and then each sequential picture, the cat would take on more and more features of a dog. So at the mm-hmm. end. The picture was a dog. Yeah. People that were predisposed to see things in terms of black and white, saved and unsaved, that kind of thing, sometimes wouldn't even say it was a dog. It was a cat. Even when it was a dog, it was still a cat. Yeah. And people that were a little bit more open to cognitive ambiguity or cognitive <laughs> uh, whatever, they would they would see that. And what I think is interesting is there is there is something to be said is that Israel started as a cat, and it's a dog now. Yeah. It transformed. It it was the most, you know, the Jews were the most marginalized fucking people in the history of human history. They're the most marginalized and taken upon and destroyed and shit upon people. Finally, they get their own homeland. They get, they get a state. They get their own sovereign state. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, it's got mm-hmm. its problems. It's but But because they became so battled you know they're surrounded by countries that that want to deny the holocaust ever happened and one of them erased that they became more and more right-wing more and more authoritarian they've gradually become the dog this is you gotta recognize that i mean bullies beget bullies yeah kids become bullies abusers become abusers because they grew up in that home like we've seen this is very textbook i agree you know and and saying that that a cat um is now a dog might still be it's like saying uh, you know caitlin jenner is still bruce jenner who's a woman who ran somebody over and killed them and now wants to run for governor well she is she is she used to be a man she's a murderer she's now a woman and she she's murdered a murderer. somebody and and uh you know it's one of my favorite nikki glazer uh, roast jokes ever ever said about caitlin jenner is that you know people forget that that used to be a world-class athlete i mean how fast did you run from your first family to the Kardashians? <laughs> that was like a really. I was like, you know, it was like as a I nasty, love Nikki Glazer. I think great. she's the fucking funniest thing. That's my that's my bonus. Go watch some Nikki Glazer roast. She's the fucking funniest yes. comedian yeah. in history. She's yeah. awesome. Right. And that that's the, the show. show. Have a great week. Happy Hanukkah. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.